Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. As our first new scenario of 2019, we have a short game written by one of our best GMs, Sean Little. Set in the late 1780s, our scenario is entitled The Loyalists, and our characters are all Brits attempting to leave the country during the War of Independence, or rather just after it. Uh, Sean is running the game, and this is version one. We might run it again sometime. So without any further delays, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Sean? Everyone, could you please introduce your character name and yourself? Give whatever details you choose to give. Remember, you don't have to... The people listening are not the other players, but they, they the other players are listening too. So if you give whatever information you wish to give about yourself as if you had just met at a pub, which you're going to do in a moment. Okay. Um, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, my name, my character's name is Horatio Andre. Uh, he has connections to the British military. Uh, he's basically been acting undercover trying to uh, subvert the the colonists, uh, but uh, the jig is up, so he's had to run, and he's just arrived uh, at the Owl's Nest in upper, uh, eastern upper New York. John, why don't you go? Well, my name is John Byram. Tonight I'll be playing the part of Mr. Jeremiah Borgard Whitfield, a farmer from South Georgia who's made his way up aboard a British naval vessel after his family was violently assaulted and killed by the Patriots. Uh, he gained, like I said, he gained passage north to New York and has made his way to the Owl's Nest to join you all in our track for freedom. Nick? I'm Nicholas King. I'm playing the part of Albert Livingston. Uh, Albert is 35. Uh, he's a tea merchant turned, sir, sol, turned soldier. Uh, he, was, he worked for the East India Company who owned the tea uh, on, like, for, during the Boston Tea Party in 1773. Um, he was selling the tea, uh, or he was kind of getting it transported and everything, all the logistics uh, for them. Uh, and then when it happened, uh, he obviously lost his job. Um, so he ended up joining the, the military um, for the British. And that's kind of where he is at now. Um, he's now up in upper New York. Um, obviously been outed. Um, and now he's right. Cool. Jason? Hi, my name is Jason Molnachok. I'll be playing Allwood Staunton. He's a ferrier and blacksmith. And um, he's royal, uh, loyal to the crown, but um, he would have everyone who needs their, their horse uh, attended to and shooed. So he would hear bits and pieces and he would pass it along. But uh, the jig's up and uh, we're trying to get back to good old London. Sean. Excellent. Thank you all. Due, due to the issues and your connections, you've been told to run for an inn called the Owl's Nest in eastern upper New York, currently New York State. It'd be in the vicinity of Pulaski, New York nowadays. It's a two-day ride from the border 
and it's considered a safe house for the British forces and their supporters. You have arrived the afternoon of November 17th and found your way to the back door by per instructions that were provided to you at your, where you were hiding out before you ran. The pub itself is for the most part empty save for the owner, a barmaid, which is perhaps his daughter, a lot of similarities uh, when you look at the two of them. There's a one-eyed man with an eye patch, uh, older, who sits near the inside of the front door, peeks out once in a while looking down the main road, which leads into town from the south. He's sipping from a battered old pewter tankard. And there's a few solitary patrons here and there in the back corners. Um, older persons, perhaps retired or what the equivalent would be back then. You're approached by the bartender, one, one after another, who explains that uh, you're, you're to move to a table by the fire. The barmaid set up some, some food, some platters, some plates, a pitcher of ale, perhaps. Uh, and she, she's shutting the curtains and doors for the afternoon cleanup as she ushers out the other patrons. There's an evening meal that, that happens when the farmers and the locals get off work or finish their work day and come in, in about an hour. So he suggests it's a good time to meet. And he says, the others that will be sitting with you, you'll find good company with them. Gentlemen, do you mind if I sit here with you? Horatio Andre is my name. Good, uh, good hello, good chap. <clears throat> Howard, Howard Stanton, good to meet you. Well, I don't like to, all here for the same reason. Yeah, probably. I just keep looking around. I'm sure it's quite safe. Yeah. And if it's not safe, then, well, we had a good run, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. It's safe. Just like they said, this war would be no problem. We'd have the rebels crushed in a matter of months. And he's just he's looking under the table. Well, one does not expect... Uh, Soldiers come jumping out of the uh, the bushes. Savages. I've seen them come out of all kinds of places, all right. the way down from Charleston to just right off the boat. There's no telling where they're going to come out of. Ah, oh, so you're you're from the south, are you? Why, yes, sir. Just a just a little little south of all that sh all those shenanigans going on down in Morris Creek. Uh, once I saw the. Once I saw them patriots, as they were trying to be calling themselves, once I saw them push the British off of, off of Savannah, I said, it's time for me to hightail it out. They came in, and they got my mama, and they got my pa, and there was nothing more for me there. Oh, my. But hopefully we'll go somewhere where like-minded individuals are a little more welcome, a little more well-received. Someplace more civilized, as uh, Mr. Uh, Staunton was saying. A little more civilized would suit me just fine. Uh, so, I wonder what we're waiting for. Every, I don't know. Might as well drink up, though. Who knows when the last, the next time we could get a drink is. The last of the patrons has now been ushered out the door. The door is shut, bolted. And as you're sitting, the one-eyed man moves to a, another location within the bar, watching you, watching the bartender, just sitting quietly. Hasn't his, the bar, barmaid brings him another drink. 
And the bartender comes over, wiping his hands on cloth, rag, has a seat and says, oh, it's been a heck of a long week. Oh. Sits down, um, pours himself a small half pint, says, well, fellas, I'll, I'll put it to you straight. You're going to have to make another run. The, uh, the Rebs have, uh, they've sort of, they haven't barricaded the town, but they're around. We can't give you any horses. We can't give you any, anything more than what you can carry. But I'm going to provide you with lodging for the night. There's no suspicion. As far as I know, nobody seems to be watching the, the, the inn. You'll have lodging for the night. And in the morning, I, I'll provide you with directions. Well, I can provide them now, I guess. He, he takes a map out of his apron. He just rolls it out on the table. He says, this is very straightforward, very simple. Stay off the main road tomorrow. We'll load you up with food and uh, provisions. It's not even a half day's walk. And you get to Mr. Snow's farm. The snow farm is not down the main road, as I said. It's down a pathway through the woods. Uh, you go behind the blacksmith shop, around the abandoned barn, through town, a little bit of it. You can lots of side streets. No one will see you leave. Follow the roadway that you find there. It's overgrown. And just keep going straight. And you'll eventually hit the snow house. They will feed you again and provide you with the transportation for the, the rest of your trip, along with perhaps a guide. Well... That sounds good to me. The sooner the better. But all this, um, this traveling has got me quite weary. Uh, you say you have accommodations for us upstairs, aren't they? I have accommodations for, there's two rooms. You can split it up however you choose hmm. between you. There's um, multiple, there's three beds in one and two in another. So it's, it's certainly lots of room for all of you. Uh, within the rooms, you'll find that I've already set aside uh, some packs, haversacks, if you will, to carry your, your belongings, any more belongings in. Um, my, my daughter here, Marie, will set out for you uh, food. So you can pack it some nice, uh, just a day's worth of you know traveling food, and a little bit of uh, ale and some water to take with you, whatever you choose. And you're free to leave in the morning. I, I won't wake you. I, I won't be knocking on your door once you're up in the room, so you're on your own. Um, I do suggest you want to leave tomorrow, though not today, only because you've just arrived. And it may seem suspicious to have people newly arrive and leave if they are watching. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, is that an issue that you would normally have around here for folks to be watching who comes and goes that closely? We are close enough to the border. All travelers along this road are watched in some way, shape, or form. I thought this was supposed to be a haven for the loyalists. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> we, we, you're all welcome here. You're definitely welcome by the locals. And whether you know it, whether I've told them or not, they probably, some of them know who you are, who you may be, maybe not yourselves, but why you're here. But uh, I will say that there are always, there's always spies about. We have to just be safe. Well, thank you very much. Um, you've given us direction, so we won't have to uh, ask you in the morning. Um, thank you. What was your, what was his name again? Hold on while I stop my thing from playing. Um, 
<laughs> Jeremiah the barkeep. Uh, sorry, his name is Davis Black. Ah, Mr. Black. Well, that's the name he gives you. Right, right. Yes, my name is Mr. John Smith. Hmm. Pleased to meet you. Pleased to meet you all. <laughs> Mr. Smith. And this is Mr. Smith, and this is Mr. Smith, and that's Mr. Jones. <laughs> well, thank you. Mr. Davis, uh, has anyone else made this run quite yet? He looks around, looks over at the fellow with the eye patch. fellow nods at him, and he says, I would like to say that we've probably, if you will, processed about 100 people in the last year and a half. My word. Mm. Um, what, after we get to the snow farm, where do we go from there? Or will they be giving us the directions? Well, I can tell you that when you reach the snow farm, there will be a person waiting to assist you in your travels. He's a native person, an Indian, if you will. Um, I won't give you his name right now, but I will, I don't, I, I don't profess to know his name. I, I know the name he goes by, his colloquial name, if you will. But he will be meeting you, and he will provide you with some transportation. I do, or sorry, Mr. Mr. Snow will provide you with transportation. I believe he has a team of two horses and a carriage or a cart. Uh. Not enough to, for you all to ride in, but you'll you, enough to carry your... You'll travel from the snow farm north approximately two, two days ride north. When you arrive at the predetermined destination, there will be a barge waiting for you at noon. And that is all I know. Uh, that's to take us across Lake Ontario, yes? Yes. At that point, the lake narrows till it is a series of islands. Uh, a little easier to get across. Well, thank you, Mr. Black. Happy, happy to assist. So if, if he walks away. He does. Gentlemen, I, I can't help but imagine that uh, turning in spies such as us who are trying to get across the border would be quite lucrative for this man if he... Uh, I, I'm not so sure that I want to trust him 100% just yet. That's what I was thinking. Uh, stay here tonight. Maybe in the morning we wake up to a little surprise. Maybe we wake up a little early and leave. I, I think that we should keep a wary eye open, you know, for something that might be going on. Uh, I'm sorry, perhaps I'm just nervous. Your suspicion is probably valid. How did you all hear about this place, the, ne the nest? Well, my friends in the British military told me to come here, so I suppose, you know, that's, uh, that's, that's worth uh, believing in. However, things change, you know, things change every day. Uh, for all we know, this isn't even the uh, the actual barkeep here. 
this is all a trap for us. But uh, I think that, I think that uh, you know I've I've got some personal protection. And with that, I have a this big uh, blacksmith hammer, like about yay big, like you know, I plop it on the table. And if you notice, he's hardwood is huge. He's like six four and very muscular. And he he pounds out iron day and night. So not late, you know, pounding out horseshoes and he goes and he plops it on the table. The whole table shakes, and he's like, "I got my protection here." I, I certainly know who I want to stand behind. Why can't you own that one? Now I've got my hatchet and my hunting knife. If anybody wants to become a little frisky and and make a move, but I'm more worried, or actually curious about our one-eyed friend over there. He seems to be keeping a keen eye on things around. Yes, yeah, so I, I also thought it was rather odd that they put him in charge of watching things. <laughs> <laughs> I did find that quite peculiar. I think he actually owns this place. I think the person we're speaking to is the informant. You know, the person who shuffles us well, to freedom. You know, knowing a little bit about covert operations uh perhaps both of his eyes actually do work yeah that might be i suppose at the moment we're just speculating but uh if we do need to take out any opposition we do it quietly i would not suggest firing a gun i second that one right there too we'll keep it nice and quiet i've got the blades ready Well, gentlemen, I think I've had enough. Uh, who wants to be my bunkmate? I think we should all just stay in the same room. Let There's a room with three beds. It would mean that somebody would have to share. We take turns on watch. One person stays awake while the other sleep. Not a bad idea. I'd happily take the first watch if you gentlemen would like to go ahead and and start to nod off. I was going to stick around and have a have a little extra nip down here myself anyway. Well, we'll go find out which room and uh, and send you word down which one we're staying in. What time of day is it? You arrived at three o'clock. So in it's the two. Afternoon. Oh, three in the afternoon. Yeah. yeah sorry. Now. Are we? I don't want to go to bed yet. Yeah, it's oh, <laughs> a little early. Yeah, are we supposed to just stay in here, or are we free to roam around a little bit and look at the environment? Uh, nobody's keeping you in here, and there he didn't imply that. I would stay out of sight, though. Um, what's what's well? Is there anything else in this room of interest? Just it's a, a pot. It's a tavern. Think Lord of the Rings. <laughs> ah. It's a tavern. It's dark. There's a fireplace. There's the one-eyed guy in the corner. Uh, the barmaid's straightening tables and cleaning things off. And the bartender's returned to behind the bar, wiping down the table or whatever. Maybe one of us should have a talk with uh, one-eye. Be my guest. Oh. I could scare him into talking, but somebody else might be a little more delicate than I would be. 
I've been known to be a, a charismatic one. I can maybe see what's going on. This fine gentleman. I usually let my hammer or my fist do my talking. Well, there's no need for incivility. We can simply, you know, be friendly. Never know. Uh, he may have a, a fine point of view on things. Oh, they look like they're in cahoots already. Well, he certainly is drinking, so give him something to drink. By all um, means. I'm going to order, I have a few coins I put on the table. I'll order a round for all of us and whatever he's having. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, she, she uh, brings the drinks. Yep. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Tom. Oh, um, so Albert's got quite a bit of money. Uh, he's still pretty wealthy from his days in dealing with the East India tr uh, Trade Company. So I'm just going to ask the barkeep for like the most expensive drink in the house. I'll buy it and then uh, send it off to him. Okay. Well, she digs around and the bartender pulls out a dusty bottle of some vintage liquor of some sort, uh, sends a glass over his way, and then your drinks are brought to you. The rest of you, rather. Does he, uh, does he have, like, any reaction after he gets the, the alcohol? She, like, point, like, she, like, points at us and, like, I uh, like, does. oh. He merely glances at it, nods, and continues sitting there. I'm I'm actually just gonna like walk up to him then, and just um, I'm just gonna be like, ah, hello, good fellow. You not like expensive, expensive liquor? Ah, well, you know I. Part of my job is to stay sober. So I, I tend to sit, but I thank you for your gift. Thank you very much. Your job? Are you on the clock? He taps his eyepiece and says, oh, you can't see him doing anything. Taps his eyepiece and says, I'm on the watch. What are you watching for, fellow? Or something I'm not aware of? He's nothing watching. you need to be concerned with. Ah. Uh, for Patriots is what he's doing. I know everyone in this town, and I know everyone who's new to this town. So I keep an eye on the new ones. I pay attention to the old ones. And anyone new shows up that isn't one of you or one of us is one of them. Now, can we all hear this, or is that just Albert? Not a yes, okay. He's off in the corner of it, so I'd say you will. Ah, uh, well, you're doing a mighty fine job. We appreciate your service. Keep the bottle. Well, thank you. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just head back to the table then, and get back to these guys and kind of tell them about. Uh, I mean. Ah, uh, he seems pretty trustworthy. Seems to be a fine fellow. Just a watcher of the town. Keeping us loyalists. Alive. Good. I wouldn't say loyalists too loud in here, but yes. 
I think they all know. <laughs> it's only us in here now at this point. Yeah. Um, I would like to walk up and maybe have a word with that fine Marie, the barmaid. That's easy enough. Don't offend our bar barkeep. <laughs> yeah, the barkeep will watch you as you do this, but uh, it is his daughter after all. But uh, yes, uh, she, she's she's cleaning tables. She's happy to talk to you. Hello, can I help you? Yes, ma'am. I'm sure you saw my friends and I come in. We have. We we really just want to know is is there anything about this place that uh, that would cause us harm or any anybody in here that maybe we should keep an eye on oh i my father is the one to to ask any questions you have really i'm i'm just i'm just work i just work here for him i'm not one who's aware of politics and things now marie come now marie let's not play coy we all know that uh, a lot of lives are lost from those of us who believe like we do. So any information could be saving our lives. Are you using your swoon skill? <laughs> She's why, uh Why, yes, I am. <laughs> uh, she, she looks... Sorry, she looks she looks left and right and checks and her father's actually dusting off some bottles and stuff. She said, I see people come, I see people go. I've never there hasn't been any violence in the town for a number of years, if, if that's what you want to know, if that's what you mean. we we try to be we're very quiet generally. It's a very quiet town. Well, for one, my character is sitting at the table. He's just sort of falling silent and uh, watching everybody. Well, drink up, boys. Might as well enjoy a little bit of time we have. Is everybody drinking or are you eating? Yeah, or? sipping. Sipping, okay. Yeah, I'm just I'm just sitting on expensive scotch or whatever. Not really eating. Won't be a lot of expensive here, but <laughs> it's almost relative, relative, right? Relative expensive. Yes. It's probably almost tea time. Sure, all we are British. <laughs> well, it, it, it's the colonies, and it, it does slowly over. It does slowly roll into four o'clock. The doors are open. Um, you're all sipping drinks and they're not pushing them on you. Um, the door opens and a trickle of locals come in, farm folk. They've dusted off their boots and knocked off the dust off their clothing and that, but they're, 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 they're a dusty bunch. And they come in slowly and you can smell smells coming from the kitchen and you, you all of a sudden you see the bartender's wife comes out. She's actually the person cooking. She has plates of meat that are slowly being brought out to people on here and there and the meal time has begun nobody actually glances your way more than a quick glance 
Nobody actually, and this is, you, I, you don't have to roll for this. Nobody actually makes extended eye contact with you. Nobody tries to sit right beside you until the tables start to fill up a little more. It's, it's not that they're shunning you so much as they're actively not paying attention to you, or at least trying to seem that way. Well, it seems reasonable that if, uh, if old one eye there knows everybody in the town, probably most of the people in the town know everybody else, and they know that we're not town members. But if there was any danger there, then old one eye would have known about it. And I'm sorry, I don't know what his name is. It's uh, Mr. One Eye. <laughs> uh, so. I think everything's fine. They're just ignoring us. I guess that's for the best. Ivan will keep an eye on things. And... Quite odd, though, don't you think? Very odd. No. Have you ever really experienced anyone who, who does that? I mean, ev everywhere I've gone, people have always looked. Now, in, in a hushed tone, I say, if they've already shuffled 100 people through here into freedom, then this town already knows what's going on. So they're just uh, giving us our space until we move on. Maybe it's, it's better for them if they don't know anything. Exactly. You can't betray what you don't know. Well, the evening's rolling on as you're sitting there, not, not to stop any conversations, but uh, the evening does roll along at, at dinner time. There's progressive people coming in and leaving, and it gets a little louder. Some head to the, head to the, the bar itself and gather drinks themselves, not waiting for the, the waitress or the bartender or barmaid to bring them to her, or to them, rather. Uh, so people are getting a little rowdy and loud, um, and the bartender it, it does look your way and kind of calls uh, Jeremiah over just with a finger I'm, I'm, I'm doing it again I'm waving my finger at you <laughs> and he says uh, you, please tell your compatriots that the, the rooms are ready and it's up the side stairs over there and he, he slides you two sets of a set of keys that have uh, sorry two keys on a on a leather thong of sorts I do appreciate it. I'll let my people know. Thank you. If you wish, if there's anything you're looking for, uh, please come down and speak to my daughter. She'll make sure that you get it. Absolutely. And we do appreciate your hospitality. Now I'm going to um, kind of call everybody closer and in a quieter tone, I'm going to say, let's go and check out both rooms. But stay in one with the three beds but let's make a whole lot of noise not you know but like drop our packs stomp around on the floor a little bit in the room we're not staying in and then quietly move into the next room so that way it sounds like we're all all bedded down in there and then um i'm going to uh grab uh empty is there just like a are they bottles or are they um like flagons or what are we drinking out of? Is there glasses, mugs? Tankards. Tankards? I, I'm going to like have a tankard in my hand purposely when we go up to the room. Okay. 
keys, you know? But I want to uh, place this on the doorknob once we cl shut the door. So if anybody twists the door, it'll fall off. Make a noise. Good plan. You've done you this up. before, haven't you, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I assume you, you're all going up then. And yes, there's two rooms, the keys. There's more, there's more than two rooms. There's probably about five rooms up here. Um, but the two rooms, you can tell by the number of knots on the thong which door it is because there's marks on the door, like three, four. Some people are not literate, so they use number you know, numbering system on the knot by the knots and the markings on the door, like three holes in the door, like a divots. It means three knots. So you get to the rooms. You uh, there's the room with three, and you're going to go into that one. Was the plan? That's the plan. Yeah. Okay. It's clean. Three beds made for single persons. Uh, I wouldn't say there's plenty of room. There is room for your whatever things you brought with you. Uh, hooks on the wall for hanging cloaks and such. There's a window that faces to the east. Uh, so you can, you can actually see the blacksmith shop from here. You know it's a blacksmith shop because even now there is smoke and fire and he's still working in there, the blacksmith. You can see a paddock with some horses beside the blacksmith shop. And a little farther on, um, you do see the abandoned barn they spoke of. It's, it's all barn board with some hay stored in it. It's all fallen down partly. Uh, fire hazard. <laughs> um, and then you can see to your left, if you look a little bit here, you can see down where it goes into the main part of town, which isn't very big. It's a few houses in town. Some sort, some sort of a town hall of sorts, but it's not very big at all. Uh, yeah, so that's that's generally what you can see from the window. Now, are the windows curtained? Can we close the curtains? Yes, there are the drapes or curtains of some sort. Yes. All right. And the other room, it looks basically the same. Uh, same, but it's on the other side of the of the uh, the hallway. Okay. I just want to take a look at the doors. Are there on the outsides of the doors? Are there any other markings on the doors besides the the notches for one or two or whatever? Uh, you don't see anything just glancing at it. Um, if there's any kind of a roll you wish to make, you could suggest that. Uh, spot hidden? Absolutely. That would be the one. 39. A, a regular success. Regular success, you don't see anything specific or different from one door to the next. Even if you look at the other doors down the hallway, they all look same condition. Okay. I'll take the bed in the middle. Well, the well, gentlemen, just... go ahead and choose your beds, and uh, I'll, I'll take that first watch. So There's probably a chair there for you to sit in. There I is definitely. A chair. And before we bed down, I'm going to go to the other room and make some noise, like I said, and then come back to the room. So they think we're in both rooms if they're listening from below. Okay. There's a small fireplace uh, beside the window. It, it has been lit. It only has like a small smoldering fire in it, but there is also a little metal basket full of uh, some wood in it you can throw in to keep the room warmer. All right. I don't want to... I Got gentlemen, I don't think we should make the fire too large to cast shadows on the curtains, but call me paranoid, but 
I want to live. Huh. Nothing wrong with that. You no one can live forever, my friend. No one. Ah, but another good, what am I, 29? I got a good 10 more years in me. <laughs> you think maybe we should start the fire in the other room as well? Just maybe stoke it up a bit? Good thinking. I'll go, uh, I'll go take care of that if you want. I'm going to bed, gentlemen. Good night. I'm going to lay down on the bed. I'm not going to take my clothes off. I'm just going to lay on top of the bed. Sure. There is a pitcher of water and a wash basin and the usual accommodations for the time, the things in the room. Uh, there are, as you as noted, there are four packs on the floor. And in the packs you will find there is, there are two lanterns with fuel, flint, flint and tinder, not tinder and flint. No, I was going to say flinder and tint. Tint and flinder. Uh, tint and flinder. God. Tinder and Flint. Uh, there are, uh, there's actually uh, a copy of the map that was given to you. There's another copy of that map, hand drawn as well, stuffed into one of the one of the uh, the satchels. There's also a, a day's worth of food for a person, so like approximately one day's traveling rations, like some beef jerky, some right. uh, like a couple of apples, fall apples, maybe a potato or two. Just, just enough to chew on as you're walking. And uh, that's generally, it's just, that's really what is in each of the satchels. And a very brief hand-drawn map, as I said, that, that, that sort of that shows you the way to the snow house. Well, this is nice. I haven't had apples since I was a child and my parents made me go outside to get apples. Um, well, good night, gentlemen. Uh, uh, Jeremiah, why don't you wake me up in a few hours and I'll, uh, I'll take the second watch. Absolutely. Now, kick back. Lift the weight off your boots. Mm. <sighs> All right. So you have the first watch, Jeremiah. Yes, sir, I do. All right. That is the first two hours. I mean, what, what approximately what time do you think you will be turning in? Well, before I even get close to turning in, I am going to slide back down and have a, I'd like to have a word with Marie one more time since the fellas are up there asleep now. Oh, of course. Sorry. I meant, I meant what time are you all going up to the rooms? That's a problem. In the, in the days before electricity, once the sun goes down, there's not much you can do. That's true. We're probably, it's probably around, you said that it's November. November 17th. Probably about seven o'clock is probably pitch black outside by now yeah yes. two things to do drink and jeremiah is going to find out if you could do the second thing but then we probably also get up in the when the sun comes up because that's what you'd be used to which would probably also be well it would be it would be more like six, seven probably seven yeah just sort of seven <laughs> yeah i oh, will say seven and seven Okay, easy enough. Um, all right, so yes, you're all turning in for a nap. Uh, Jeremiah, would, is the plan that you're, the person keeping watch is going to sit outside the door or are you going to be, I know you said you're going downstairs, but I'm just wondering what the plan would be. Can we see the front door of the inn from the window? No, you're looking at the back of the building. Well, no, you're not looking at the back. You're looking opposite the main door. So I guess it is the back of the building, yes. So we wouldn't be able to see if soldiers were approaching uh, from that direction. 
I don't know. But, what do you think? But if they were going to come, they would surround front and back. So if we can see the back, we should be good. Oh, are we on the second story? How far is the drop out the window? Ah, that's a good question. You look out the back window, I'm assuming before you turn in, and you note that there is a sloped roof directly below the window. And that sloped roof leads out, maybe about 10 feet, 8, 10 feet, down onto a, uh, an area where there is another building that is another 5 feet down. So you're on second floor, but uh, you, just uh, as you look at the window, you note there is access to the ground through the back window. Excellent. Um, well, I'll, I'll take your lead, Jeremiah. Do you want to stay here? Do you want to go downstairs and keep an eye out down there? Or, Well, it, I, it's kind of a toss-up right now. I did want to go down and have a word with Marie, but then again, I do not want to leave my comrades up here all alone. So, Well, nobody can get to us up here from down there unless they go past you. Unless you were planning on visiting Miss Marie in some more private area. Now, now, Horatio, you know that I would not be able to discuss such matters with you in an open forum. You'll be in London in a few days, so who will ever know? I should probably slide down there and see if, see if Miss Marie could help us out in any way. I would do that first and keep an eye out on what's going on. After such, save she doesn't decide that I look the type that needs to be stabbed or cut or her father possibly thinks I'm being inappropriate, then I should uh, come back up and I think I'll just set up camp outside the door. All right. Okay. So that's what you're doing? Yes, sir. All right, you go down, uh, peek your head around the corner, and it's it's a, a thinning crowd, but there's still a rather you know, slightly rowdy crowd of farmhands. The younger ones are around. The older ones have sort of headed home. Marie's poking around, cleaning things, getting drinks for people. She looks very tired, and, and uh, the bartender as well. Nothing, nothing overtly exciting. The man with one eye has changed locations. He's at the door again. Now, is his patch still on the same eye, or has it seemed to migrate over the course of the afternoon? <laughs> same eye, yes. Oddly enough, do you want to do an idea roll? Give you a little bit of trivia if you do an idea roll. I think I will do an idea roll. Or something like perception, if you prefer one or the other. Something like that. I'd like to give you the choice. I don't think we have perception. I know. I mean, something that would be akin to perception. I have. It's a fail. There's no reason to even find one. Well, you do notice the same eye as before, you think. All good though. Otherwise, uh, nothing, nothing exciting, nothing out of the ordinary. All right. Well, if nothing's really, if nothing's really changed, and nothing's catching my eye, uh, I 
believe I will go back upstairs outside of our door and I am going to spill a little beer on myself so that I have a smell about me and I'm going to hunch, kind of hunch against the wall right next to our door as if I was drunken and just kind of collapse there for a moment just to, just to give a little heads up. All right. Everyone else is napping? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Everyone milling about, napping, napping, checking out the other room a little bit. It's all good. Nothing out of the ordinary. You don't hear any noises from the other rooms, oddly enough. Uh, you have a feeling that perhaps that's the intention that when perhaps it makes sense to you that when there's people in the room, in the building, who are being ferried north, perhaps the other rooms are, are not occupied. Just because there's no witnesses, so to speak. Um, did you set, a, set aside a time how long you're going to be on watch for? Uh, I do the three hour, three hours, and then I wake up Mr. Andre. All right. Could you roll a listen, please? Those are the quietest dice in the world. Oh, you're muted. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a success. Regular success. Okay. Uh, regular success. You roll. You're sitting there. You're noting. You're just getting to the point where you're thinking, "Wow, it's been a long day. I can't wait for this, this, this to end because I'd like to have a little bit of a sleep before tomorrow's work." And you hear noise downstairs. And you hear breaking glass. One single glass broken. And you hear a lot of apologies. Oh, I'm so sorry. So sorry, ma'am. We're just, it's a, a regular, uh, just a regular visit. I'm very sorry. And uh, the bartender very loudly says, gentlemen, could I give a drink to our, our, our friends in the military? I immediately get inside of our room and wake the other gentleman. Hmm. Something wrong? I just heard downstairs, I do believe we have some company. And I say it very quietly. I believe we have some unfriendly company. I knew it was too good to be true. I grabbed my hammer. What kind of company, Jeremiah? That sounds, now sounds to me like a military company for the barkeep said that he wanted to buy drinks for his, uh, for his military friends. Now, I've never been one to want to fight an entire military detachment, so I am going to move over to the window and slowly start unlatching any kind of thing that's holding that shut, just so it's ready for us to escape. All right. If, if, if we leave now, it looks more suspicious than anything. We have no reason to believe her at that point. Well, I'm not looking safe. out... Looking out the window, do we see any military out there in the back? Looking out the window, you see two people with a lantern of sorts, like a spotlight lantern, looking through the horse stalls, like the paddock behind the, uh, the, the blacksmith shop. They don't see anything. They move on. Like, they, they've already been looking through there. They move along over to the blacksmith. You can see they're, now they're talking to them. They're definitely people in 
standard attire of a of a rebel soldier, kind of hodgepodge uniforms and such. Gentlemen, I, I, I disagree with Mr. Livingston. I think that we need to get out of this room, down the roof, and to the the snow farm. Now, as soon as possible. What about yeah. the other room? If the other if this one's facing east. I wonder if we could quietly get across the room and look out that window and see if we could get down in. Now, we got two rooms. They got no idea which direction we could run. We got choices here. I agree with that, but I wonder if moving in an old building will make creaking noises regardless of how quiet we try and do this. Let's, let's wait a minute and let's see how it plays out downstairs. If we hear any footsteps coming up, we go out, out the window. But until then, there's no need to jump the gun. Good call. From behind you, behind the bed, and you, you don't know why this would be the case, but the wall behind the bed, like as you walk in the room, straight ahead to the right is where the bed, two beds are, the left is the, other, the third bed. Fireplace is straight ahead of you, window beside it. Behind the beds, too, you can hear knock, knock, knock. Ooh. A answer. I would answer that. Please roll a listen roll. I made it with, by one point, regular success. Anyone else? I failed uh, by three. Oh. What were we rolling? Listen. Listen. Oh, I got an O2. Ooh. Ah, excellent. You guys hear the knocking and you're looking at each other and you're shuffling a bit. Horatio's like, shh, pushes you back a bit. And Horatio, as you listen, you hear a voice from behind the wall boards. It's the barmaid's voice. Uh -huh. She says, flee. We have to go. Out the window. Across the roof and jump down on the backside so that they don't see us, and then uh, make a run for the trees. Are there trees? If you go down the roof to the other building to the ground, straight ahead of you is a little laneway blacksmith shop. Beside it is the paddock. The barn is to the beside it, and to the right of that is the tree treed area. And if you remember. Looking at the map, that treat area is where that old roadway is that leads towards the snow farm. Is there snow on the ground? There is not. No, it's, it's, it's actually a relatively warm November. Clear skies, crescent moon, enough to see by, and no snow yet. A little frost in the morning, but that's about it. All right. So we need to be stealthy. But if we can get there and nobody sees us, then I think we're we're home free. I'm grab, the your, big, grab your packs. I'm the biggest guy here. All all three of you go first. I'll be the last to go out because I'll make the most noise. Sorry, but it's just a fact. All right. Plus, I could hold off one or two of them if they barge through the door before I jump out. Well, if they see which direction we've gone, we're done for. Can't hold back a whole army. <laughs> All right. Uh, so what it, 
grab your things and go, I assume. So one by one, you need to make a dexterity roll to get out of the window onto the first roof. Uh, I failed. Hard success. I rolled an 11 out of 80. Okay. I failed as well. I'm How sorry. Bad? Dexterity uh, roll? I'm, I missed what yes, I could please. Okay. Yes. 47 out of 50. I got 75 out of 50. <laughs> I, I, I got 64 out of 60. Is it, uh, can I use luck on that one? Uh, I would say that Albert probably was able to help one of you because he got such a, he got a hard success. So he was probably able to get out of the window and assist one of you. Um, let me see which one it is. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, he helps Jeremiah out, which is because you weren't having that much trouble. Horatio, though, you've kind of, you've come out the window and banged your butt on the first uh, roof. So I have to make a roll here to see if anybody hears that. No. Oh, wait, the first person did. Second did not. There's a little bit of commotion downstairs, so they're distracted. And the other persons are talking to the blacksmith who's kanging away with his hammer, his mallet. So nobody heard you, but you did fall and slide. You were able to recover yourself before you fell off the first roof. Okay. So I would Sorry, assume yeah. you're a little more careful from here on. Uh, right. You can make it to the second roof and assist each other coming down. So you are all on the ground with your things. Uh, you are at the back door. The back door is shut and solid. There's not like there's glass in there or anything like that. And uh, you have a pathway of darkness between the buildings towards the old barn. Hang in the shadows, gents. All right. Move quickly now. We need to All make right. haste. Quickly and quietly. Don't clang your feet against okay. the ground. Quickly and quietly. Um, you can make it as far as the barn. Not a problem. And you are now in the shadow at the edge of the barn. Uh, you do hear noises from various directions talking a lot of loud talking and um some knocking on doors that's all you're really hearing from now so uh if they're like talking pretty loudly like can we like hear pieces of the conversation or anything i don't think we're trying to listen Gentlemen, I think it's. I think we need to get to the wood line as quick as possible and disappear. Yeah. Uh, you got as far as the barn, and you're in the shadow on the lee side of the barn. Moon is on the other side. You do have a, a the pathway. Sorry, not pathway, but the uh, the field between you and the fence tree line. It's very short, but it is slightly moonlit. Uh, you are hearing knocks on the buildings around and talking. No yelling. No shooting. Nothing like that. And uh, Albert was asking if we can make out anything that people are saying. Uh, if you stay perfectly still and you all make a listen, I'll give you a chance to hear some, some discussions. Okay. Well, we're waiting before we walk into the moonlight. We're going to have to, uh, I think that, uh, that Staunton mentioned that we shouldn't run. We should just casually walk that direction so that nobody notices you know something moving so yeah we're kind of quiet and waiting yeah successful listen 
Okay. Tell me if anybody makes any successes, and I'll tell you if you did. Oh, four. I would have rather saved that good roll for something else. <laughs> I got a, I got a thirteen, so that's pretty good. I got a thirty-three, which is a hard success. Hard success. Okay, Albert. I also rolled a successful roll. Excellent. You are hearing. You are able to listen and discuss among yourselves quietly. You are definitely hearing rebel soldiers very politely asking people of the neighborhood, have they seen any strangers in town lately? There's rumors that there were strangers coming through town. They're worried that they're dangerous spies, that uh, these strangers might be persons who are uh, ready to thwart the, the success of the rebel, of the rebel army and, uh, and, and do damage to the, uh, to the peoples of your great country. It's just very patriotic but friendly at discussions mm -hmm. so far. No shooting, no banging, various discussions. And the people are saying, no, haven't seen anyone. You get the occasional, we get travelers through here and there, merchants and such, but nothing nothing today that I know of, nothing that I noticed. Gentlemen, it's only a matter of time before they find somebody who saw us in that, in that restaurant there back at the tavern by the fire. It's very possible, though, that nobody would squeal, if that's a word, um, simply because it, impl it, give, it implicates the entire town. Um, but uh, let's go quickly. I think, should we go one at a time? I was just thinking the same thing. Perhaps maybe one kind of push down a bit and scoot. Yeah, until we get to that shadow over there where we can regroup. Could someone else, just one of you, make a listen? I'll happily do that. That is a regular success, 38 out of 70. All right. Well, you guys are preparing and discussing what you're going to do. You hear someone who sounds like they're in charge, like a commander of sorts, a, a, an officer of sorts saying, men, rally up, calling them to a point and saying, we're going to fan out and walk through this town, starting from the west, heading to the east. Do not harm anyone. Do not cause any trouble for locals, but we need to find these people. And you know that you are on the east, so. And we know they're heading towards the west, so we can make a run for it, I think, at this point. Oh, sorry. You, you are on the east side of town. They are on the west side. They're heading in your direction. They're going to push their way through the town towards you. Right, but they're starting on the west side of yes. town. Yes, yes. It's not that far, but yes, that is, that is what's going to happen. So we know that at the moment they're going to start over there. So let's, they're not, they're not coming in this direction just yet, but they will be in a second. Let's, let's make a run for it. Perhaps we give them time to get all their fanning get in their line on the west side. And as soon as they're as far as they're going to be before turning around and coming our way, we make our move. While they're walking in that direction. <laughs> right, before they turn yeah. around. Yeah. All right. So we'll, we'll try to time that. And we're going to go quietly and tiptoe. Okay. And quickly. You're Watch starting me. to move. And the blacksmith comes around the corner and he says, gentlemen. I suggest you run. And he takes a lantern and he tosses it into the, the abandoned barn. 
And then he goes back to the blacksmith shop. He goes, that ought to hold them off for a bit. They have to help us. Run, folks. Run. Go, go. I'll bring up the rear. I'll bring up the rear. Go. All right. So we go. You go. You don't need to roll. The, the, The soldiers are all on the other side of the pub rallying. So you can go. You make it to the woods. You see the path. And behind you, you can hear the sound of crackling fire. And you hear the blacksmith yelling, fire, fire. And then you can hear the officer yelling, but you can't hear what he yells. And you do hear the term bucket brigade or something like that to imply that uh, they're calling for assistance in putting this fire out. So it seems to be a successful distraction and you've hit the path where you're, where the road, the old roadway. All right, well, fast forward a bit. Um, you're heading down the roadway. It is a long hike. You, you successfully make it through the woods because they are distracted and there's no snow on the ground to, uh, to show them where you're going. After about four hours, it's a long haul at nighttime. You're very tired. You do hear noises in the woods once in a while. You hear the sounds of animals. Some of you, you may or may not be afraid of this, but your fear of being caught is, is, is stronger. Morning comes, well, four hours later, it's not morning middle of the night comes and you make it to a farmhouse off the beaten path according to the map it was completely accurate and uh it's your standard relatively cozy farm barn with a paddock and a fenced in area where there would be uh uh, some cattle perhaps but the lights are all out but there's one lantern in the window that's all you see it's a small lantern on very low gentlemen it's not very customary to leave a lantern burning in a window either. That must be our signal. Well, except that how could they possibly know we were coming tonight? We were supposed to come tomorrow. Early in the morning, it's still dark. Oh. Well, after four hours of traveling, it wouldn't be. No, no, I'm saying if we went early. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, um, well I assume this, is the, this corresponds to what the map says. <clears throat> it does. So, one of us should go. One of us should go without the others. Hmm. Yeah. Want me to just go up, or you wanna? One of you wanna go up? Yeah, you Top. Being well, your size, you might be. You might scare the. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. Yes, you, you terrify these poor people. Uh, I'll do it. All right, Talbot. Uh, we're coming up behind you, though. So I'll give them like I'll, like fifty, you know, fifty feet back or whatever, and then I'll just walk up straight to the door. Who's taking up the rear? I will. Well, they're not. They're not like they're not right behind me though. They, they shouldn't be. No, there. right behind you, right. But I just want to know who's the back. Um, could you make a listen roll, Harwood? 82 I felt that you're, you're you're watching Albert walk towards the door you don't hear a noise but up behind you somebody grabs you by the wrist puts a knife to your throat and says don't move they have an accent and you instantly place it as a native person an Indian if you would and say do not move 
speak your name. Howard, Howard Stanton. And in the moonlight, the rest of you can see this person. He's definitely someone in um, a combination of uh, Indian traditional garb as well as, you know, what you would normally wear. Uh, but it's just like leathers with, with, uh, with bits of uh, leather hanging off. And it's like very woodsy, very, very backwoodsman kind of mountain man clothing. And he looks at what each of you, the other two, and says, your names? Horatio Andre. Jeremiah Whitfield now. We were planning on being here later, but we had to come sooner. And Albert, you don't hear this, so you're proceeding to the door, but you do hear voices behind you. You turn. You, you know, instinctively, you turn to find out what's going on, and the door opens behind you, and you do feel something poke you in the back. <laughs> As you approach, and it is a, uh, a musket rifle, if you would. Uh, and Mr. Snow stands behind you saying, all right, you fellows are a little early. What happened? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Rebel soldiers in the town. Cut my throat or take the knife away now. He does. He pats you on the shoulder and says, sorry, fellow. I just nod at him. No reason to pull the musket out. Ah. We can't be safe enough here. Can't ever be safe. All right. Well, it sounds like uh, your plans are a little bit uh, Things have a little gone bit awry. awry. Yeah. He says, okay, come inside. And he speaks to the other fellow. He says, Daniel, could you do? And he nods towards the way direction you came. And Daniel says, I'll cover up the tracks. So Daniel takes off, has a small lantern that he grabs and lights it's like a bullseye lantern, if you would, like a light is focused forward. He takes off with that into the woods um, and invites you in, locks the door, bolts the door, shutters the windows, says, well, I guess you're going to be leaving a little earlier than you expected. Let's, uh, let's, shall, we, shall we shoot for sunrise? Gives you a little bit of time to sleep. Yes, good for us. All right. He provides you with a new map. He says, please, uh, where's the other maps? He want, we, we had him the maps. In the bags. Yeah. You have one, Horatio. The other one, uh, it's in the bag still. You, I guess you dig around. You can't find it anywhere. It's lost. Oh. In the awesome. must have. That's not good. Rather, rather a quick hurry. Well, he throws the first one in his fire and burns it. Um, to it crumbles the ashes and says, all right, that's not good. That's not good. But pulls out a new map and he says, this is where you'll be going. It's essentially a day and a half's ride. He says he has two horses and a wagon and it's already loaded with supplies and you, Daniel will accompany you. He'll be back soon. He's covered. He's out covering tracks right now. You will be heading and he shows you that you're essentially you're heading not off the regular not on the regular roadway, but slightly parallel to it through the woods, past some mountains. You're going two, two, one and a half days ride north, time for stopping, and you're going to be arriving at a place fairly, fairly far north, more north than any of you have ever been. And there's a landing and a barge will be waiting for you in two days at noon. Does this barge have a name? None that I know. 
just a but barge. It, just but the the man the man the man with the barge. It's a horse-drawn barge. It's the it's the one that the, it's the only one that will exist at this location. But it will wait for you. It's a horse-drawn. It's it. These pulley system to pull support the, the barge the back. Yeah. Like a ferry. And uh, it'll be waiting for you at that time. Uh, you speak this to no one, please. Uh, this we're not going to use this farm anymore. We're going to burn it to the ground after we leave. So. All right. Where do we stay? Inside the house or in the barn? Uh, it doesn't matter now. In the house is fine. Kip where you want to have a sleep. I do have a little bit of information for you. Um, Daniel will probably give you more as you travel, but please be aware the rebel forces that are following you have the assistance of an Iroquois shaman, if you will, a magic man. This person has been instrumental in hunting down, killing probably close to 100 of our people who've been fleeing north. Many others have made it, but this person is a prime, prime soldier of theirs. He isn't one of theirs, but he, he may as well be. And he has been assisting them. And I think this is, this is something we found out recently, and we absolutely and definitely need to leave as soon as possible in the morning. All right. Well, thank you. Gentlemen, should we, should we post a watch again? Absolutely. Down south, not it, because I am exhausted. Yeah, we're all exhausted. We've been walking for what four hours. Uh, I'll take one of the watches. I'm still. Like... Just... Yeah. All right. You see, I'm still like a little pissed off from having that guy sneak up on me. Well, most likely we're all going to fall asleep anyway because. Trying to watch after this point, we're we're exhausted. You are all exhausted. Yes, you've had no sleep the day before, very little sleep the night before. Jeremiah has had zero sleep, and uh, it's 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 weighing on you. You can feel it in your bones. You can feel it in your chest. You need sleep. You are not able to continue right now. Well, are we alone, or is the gentleman still with us? It's it's a house. It's a farmhouse. He's in the house. So we're going He's, in the house. Yeah. So if we ask him, we can sleep safely here. Somebody will watch us. He pats pats his musket. He says, I'm watching. It's good. You can stay up if you want, but I think you need some sleep. You got a ways to go tomorrow. All right. Go to sleep then. Yep. Yeah, I'm sleeping. Okay. Albert as well. When Albert's kind of like, Tired, annoyed. All right. Morning comes. You can feel morning. He can smell the smell of food being cooked. He has eggs and bacon. The basics ready for you. Or ham and bacon. Or ham and eggs, most likely. Uh, his piles of food on the table. He says, eat up. We're not leaving anything here. And you look around and you see there's, there's no personal belongings in this farm. It's, it's really just a shell of an older building that's been made to look like a a proper mm-hmm. farm. Uh, he's piling up some pe- paper and rag, not paper, but rags and such around various corners of the wooden, the wooden walls. 
he's getting ready to, to light the fire. Daniel is back and Daniel Green, the Mohawk, and he's he's sitting in the corner with his feet up, arms crossed, resting. Uh, once the food is on the table, he jumps up and eats as well. And uh, Daniel says, "Okay, we've got a long way to go and a lot to lot to talk about, so we should go." All right, get my fill of food, whatever it is to drink. Not alcohol. I mean, yeah, coffee, tea, whatever. Yeah, he's boiled some water and made some some of each, I guess. Whatever makes sense for the time and the location. You go outside. The horse. There's two sturdy, sturdy, not fast running horses, but sturdy, you know, work horses. Not he, not the huge ones, um, and a, and a like a four wheeled carriage, not carriage, a cart. Uh, there's a tarp over it. There's room for two people to sit on the cart at any one time, and uh, it's loaded with your your belongings have already been loaded into the things you left wherever anything that wasn't you know held onto while you were sleeping or underneath you, and there's additional food for a couple of days travels, a little bit of kindling wood wrapped in a cloth. Uh, some pots and pans and such. Yeah. Daniel says, we got to go. Let's go. Let's go. All right. And he asks Jonathan, Jonathan, Mr. Snow, he says, what are the plans after? And he says, you know where to meet me, the usual. He says, all right, we'll, we'll meet there. Not the usual, but uh, <laughs> the planned. So, and uh, as you're leaving, he, he, uh, he says, I'll give you two hours before I set fire to this place and I'll be gone. And he, you can see he's got his belongings packed as well. So you head off uh, with the on the, the cart, and you're uh, who's riding in the cart and who's walking. I mean, we could take turns, I would assume. Yeah, of course. I'll walk for the first part. Yeah, I'll walk with you. I'll hop inside the cart. Okay. Well, I'll assume, I'll assume uh, Har, would you ride first, or are you gonna? Yeah. No, I'll jump. I'll jump in the cart. Okay, you can just alternate that way from now on. Just uh, right. so so your head off, and Daniel scouts ahead, and he he clear he sort of he walks ahead and comes back, and then he walks past you the other way and comes back. He does he does twice as much walking as you do, and he never seems to tire. You're walking, and finally, after when it gets close to like maybe four or five hours travel, you've reached in a you're deep in the woods, but you've reached a meadowy area, and he says, "Okay, stop for some food, but be very quick." He explains to you, like, if he says, of course, you know, the Mohawk people subsided with the British, the Iroquois are assisting the rebels. And uh, he says, if I get caught, I'm as dead as you because they will not allow me to survive. But the man with no name who assists this, these other, these rebels, I, my father spoke of him, his father spoke of him. He is, he is in touch with something that others. My people have only spoken of in stories. But, but how is this possible? If, if your father and his father spoke of him, how old is this old man? Tractor? Never. No one has seen him who's lived. But he, he can hunt any bear. He can hunt any mountain lion. And he's now working for the rebels hunting your people and my people down. So mm. we need to move fast. And that's, I'm moving behind and covering tracks as best we can. But I, I ask you to please remain quiet when I tell you to be quiet, when I tell you to run for cover, run for cover. And when I tell you to 
bunch together, bunch together, and face outwards with whatever weaponry you have at hand. Got it. No one survived. How do we know about this man? My people know of him. His people have spoken of him. None of your people have survived. He is hunted. So you eat and you proceed. You're walking, you're walking, you're walking, you're trading up and the, and the weather sound seems fine. Everybody do it. Listen, roll, please. Fell. Uh, pass. I have. Pass. I got a pass. Okay. In the distance, the two of you hear barking. Distant, very distant. And it seems to be echoing off of perhaps the hills that are to your right, which would be to the east. There's some, some rocky faces there that may be reflecting the sound, but it's hard to tell exactly where it's coming from. But you do seem to think that it is behind you. Are there any uh, farms or hunters out this far? Well, Daniel hears it too, and he looks around, he stands still, and he says, not here, no. There are, there, there are some mountain men, backwoodsmen, folk of yours, and many of mine that live in the woods, but no farms or homesteads, and we don't keep dogs generally. I wonder if they're dogs. using dogs to hunt us. They sound more like the hunting dogs or more like hounds? Just barking dogs. Yeah, so they would have to have some article of ours that had a scent to it for dogs to be hunting us. We were all laying in those beds for a couple oh, of hours. Oh, Jesus Christ, we were all laying in those beds, weren't we? What a fool we were. Sorry, Albert, you're, you're muted. Burn the place down before we left. No, they, we burned the snow farm. They didn't burn the inn. No, I said we should have. Not that oh, there are people they, living there. <laughs> no, didn't they? They burned the snow. Oh, you mean, no. Yeah, it's, it's the, the inn that, uh, yeah, the inn. that we smelled up. She just didn't think of that. Could we have a five-minute break for a moment? I need to use the... <laughs> yeah. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Me too. Five minutes.
I think we all needed that. <laughs> Somebody heard me, so now uh, he's normally not in here with me. That's who was barking. <laughs> yes, it was little snake dog. Little sneaky snake dog. Aha, uh -huh. somebody else got their dog. That's what we do. We just make friends with all of the dogs that are chasing us, and they leave us alone. I was about to ask you, it is barking and not howling, right? That's what. Yeah, it could be ask. wolves. There's definitely wolves this time. We haven't hunted them to extinction yet. Yeah. Yes, I know. I have beeswax in my mustache. <laughs> I'm back, by the way. Uh, they were they were barking, right? Not howls, right? Sean, be specific. They were barking. I'm, was, I'm not asking. It was barking, not like wolf howls, right? It was barking and yipping. Yes. Okay. All right. Just making sure. So just like? baby wolves. <laughs> Daniel um looks and he th he says I'm I'm having a hard time. He says these could be coyotes. No, no, not coyotes. Dogs, definitely dogs. Well, if we hear them getting closer, we'll have to, I don't know what, I've never been hunted by dogs. Do the rebels normally use dogs to out in this area? Well, hmm, Horatio, you have, you have connections with the British military. I'd say uh, you're the best to make a role on that knowledge. Okay. Uh, 57. Uh, is this an idea roll? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, 57 out of 70, so I passed. Yeah, in, in whatever studies you may have done of the enemy, you probably have heard that there are some groups in the more woods, woodsy northern areas of New York, other locations that the rebels actually were using dogs to track down prisoners who have escaped. Right. And others. And they don't much care if the dogs tear the prisoner apart either when they find them. Well, I'm going to grab a big stick so that if something comes at me, I can whack it. I just pound my hammer into my hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll pull out my, my 22 that I've had. It's kind of sitting. My bad. You have a 22? Yeah, I have a 22. Had they invented 22s yet? <laughs> I don't think caliber like pistol was. Uh, I put it on my character sheet. It would be flintlock. Flintlock. Yeah. Flintlock. Yeah. You have to look load it from the top, pour in the powder. Go through all the rigmarole. One shot every four rounds. Yep. That's all right. Pistol. Oh, you've got a pistol, yes. I have a pistol, yeah. But you could preload it. 
Just sure. keep it dry. To keep it dry, we'll keep, keep it, it up. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I do have a stick, though. Actually, you could all have a stick if you wanted. There's lots yeah. of them around here. I'm it's the woods. walking, you know, yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, Daniel kind of suggests you hurry up and finish your food break. All right. Uh, load up again and continue on. He drops back and he says, proceed down the road. Just continue going. I'm heading back. All right. And he's gone. He's gone for half an hour. Well, as best you can tell, he's gone for an hour. Now, Sean, it's the four of, the four of us. Is there another person with us, or yeah. just Daniel Green, the the Mohawk? Uh, just, just him. Okay. Yes, that's correct. Um, so you've been traveling for about four hours now. You left probably. This was noon. You've now left. You traveled another two hours. It's getting close to three. He still hasn't returned. And, and if you look at your map, you'll see that you're getting close to the location where you were going to stop for the evening. Okay. Well, I'd say that we've been we've been going. You know, the the enemy has to rest too. So I don't think that they can. They wouldn't even know that they were going in the right direction. So. I'd say it's pretty safe to probably camp. Um, I highly advise against lighting up a fire. That would be nothing but a beacon for those gentlemen to come find. Well, it's, it's warm enough that we wouldn't have to do that, but let's, uh, let's find ourselves someplace safe. If there's any place with a little bit of shelter some rock formations or I, I don't know, something like that. Oh, do a spot hidden. I'll, I'll let you know what you can find. Uh, 94. I don't see it. I barely see the trees. Uh, no, 76. No, no good. I got a hard success. 25 on 55. Nice. All right. You see it through the woods, through the trees, you actually catch the, the sun angling a certain way. You actually do make out there's a rocky cliff, like a granite outcropping to the, to the, to the east. And against that rocky outcropping, there's actually a, a little plateau of granite below it. And it's, not, it's a place where you could be, you have your back to a wall, there's shelter, and there's a little bit of an indentation to the rock wall where you could potentially have a fire that's unseen if you wanted to. What do you gentlemen think? Shall we go for that and make for the night? Yeah, and it's off the. It's. Are we actually on a path, Sean? Oh, sorry, I was muted. Yeah, you are on an old roadway. Okay. It hasn't been traveled for a very long time, but it's not overgrown to the point where you can't travel it by, by cart and horse. So we've got a cart. We've got two horses. Uh, we need to get things to where it can't be really easily seen from the road. Um, and then if we can light a fire without really being seen from the road, then yeah, we'll risk it. Otherwise, just sit here in the dark. 
No, you definitely. This this location, there's rocky outcropping. There's a, there is actually a way, a location behind some rocks, some talus that has fallen down from the rocky hill to the cliff. You can have a little fire. Smoke you can't hide. But the, the, the moon isn't full. It's just slightly larger than a crescent tonight. And it's uh, it's, 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 it's a cavey area. Like, not a cave, sorry. An indentation of the rock, so you won't have to worry about bears. Okay. Sort of it's, it's, it's a nice location, as far as you can tell. All right. Well, let's set up there. All right. You set up for the night. You can start a fire. You can cook some food. You can make some coffee. You are set up. Are you going to set up sleeping accommodations inside this indentation? It's not very deep. It's like 10 feet into the rock. Right. Yeah. Okay. In, in between the fire and the, and the wall will be the warmest place. All right. You are set up for the night. Uh, evening has come. You've eaten. The horses have been fed and tied to a tree and you know removed from the cart. You're set up for the night. What do you wish to do? Well, try to get some rest. I need to set up a watch as well. We don't just in just in case these folks smell the smoke or they have that magic that magical tracker with them. Well, Jeremiah, you've. You've been up the longest. You get to sleep. Uh, gentlemen, shall we, shall we draw straws? or? I'll take a watch at whatever order. Just let me know. It doesn't matter to me. But right, Horatio, well. let's take a look at that map together just to make sure we have it in our, our head where we need to go in yeah. case Chayan or everybody can look at it. I'm just saying at least if we get split up, try and have people know. You know what I'm saying? Let's get accustomed. Everybody should get accustomed with the map in case we get split up. That way we know. Well, at the very least, head north. Right. That, you know, all right. I'm just saying so we know which way we're going in case of anything. We probably don't know which way is north, but we're guessing. I think you probably all have a rough idea which way north is right, based right. on rise and such. Um, looking at the map, you are, as predicted, with the same speed about half a day. So noon tomorrow, if you leave at sunrise, you should hit the barge location. Okay. Uh, the, I guess you could call it a ferry. It's like a ferry, but it's a barge drawn by horses. And uh, it's, it looks like fairly easy going, and it, but you are getting close to the main road. That is the one thing you note looking at the map that you are, you've been running parallel to it in the woods this laneway gets closer and closer to the main road to the point where you're going to be less than a mile away from it at some point All right. midway through tomorrow morning. All right. So let's rest. Harwood, wake, wake one of us up, not Jeremiah, in a couple of hours. All right. Who is on first watch? Harwood. And who is on second watch? I'll take second. No, you're on first. Oh, I'm first. I'm sorry. I'm on first. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. I'll take first what? and second and third. What, what's on second? I'm on first. I'll take second. So I'll, I'll take I don't know. It's on third. <laughs> sorry, I couldn't help it. <laughs> I don't know how many people are going to get that reference? <laughs> I'm old. I got uh, it. <laughs> okay, so who's who's on third is the actual question now. 
I don't know's on third. <laughs> it's gonna keep going. Uh, I think they didn't have any clue of what we're doing. Yeah, no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> All right. Whoever is on third, watch. Please make a listen roll. Who is on third? I'll be on third. All right. Okay. Uh, 07. I got that roll last night. 007. Excellent. You hear sounds coming from the woods. The initial thing you hear is the sound of a stick snapping. Somebody's footfall has cracked a stick. Does it sound like one person or more people? Well, this is the thing. You first hear a stick snap, then you hear somebody, somebody's voice murmuring something. Like you can't make out the voice, what they're saying. And then you hear another stick snap, and then you hear someone yell, like not yell, but going, obviously giving someone trouble for making noise. And it's it, then, then there's like the sound almost like somebody dropping. All right. Um, I'm going to scoot over to where the nearest person is to me and put my hand over their mouth and lean in real close and say, wake up. So, I'll assume it's Jeremiah. All right. Quiet. There's somebody out here. And then I do the same to Albert and uh, Harwood. And Harwood probably swings his hammer and hits me. No, but I, I have it ready. I grab I sleep. I sleep with it on my chest. <laughs> Four. All right. There's somebody here. Everyone wakes, I'm assuming, without screaming. That's because I put my hand over their mouths. <laughs> all right. <laughs> you all can hear now the sound of people walking through the woods. Towards you. Okay, I've got my pistol out. Now note, these aren't people who are, they, they're seemingly trying to be quiet. They're just not really good at it. So they're not natives. Yeah. Um, can we guess that they have at least seen that somebody is over here? Maybe they saw our horses or our cart. Well, they seem to be, they can't flank you because you're, you're sleeping up against a rock wall. Right. But they seem to be going around a bit towards where the horses are. Okay. Now, is there a way we can get to the sides of the outcropping so when they come around the edge of the outcropping, we could grab them? You could do that to the one direction, but not the direction they're going to because it's a fairly substantial piece of rock. Um, they're going to get to the wall before you would get past them. Is there a way I can hunker down and scoot forward and see if I can see one of them? You, you can, if you're, if you're looking intently with just a little bit of moonlight that's left that hasn't set yet, you can certainly make out the fact that it's definitely two men 
in uniform carrying muskets in rebel uniform. Okay. They look like militia. They're not, uh, they're not actual full-fledged army units. They're, they're, these are militia. Maybe I'm using a term that's different than the way you use it. No, no, that's that would be right. Okay. And is would we be able to get to our horse before they got to our horse? Yes. Now, gentlemen, nothing more worrisome than a horse that's become untied and spooked running right towards you. So if we wanted to, I could slip up there, untie a horse, and give that thing a big old pat right on the rump, pointing them in the direction of those footfalls coming, and next thing you know, they got a big old horse running right at them. Yes, but then our horse runs away, and we don't have a horse to... We're close to the destination, and we don't need a cart. What if we... What if we ambush them? But we got to keep them from screaming. That might not be very easy. Oh, I learned how to be quite stealthy back in my days in the, in the deep south. And I got my hunting knife with me, so I could probably silence one before they even knew I was upon them. Albert, how good are you with a knife? Quite good. I've got my own book right here. I don't have a knife, and Harwood, you're gigantic. <laughs> I'm not quiet, but I'm great with any a knife or a hammer or my fists. Um, I've got a fairly decent stealth. If I could... You could if... sneak and carry Albert and use him as a weapon. I'm joking. No, I'm, I'm just thinking if I could get into a position to where I could trip them as they're walking and then the guys cut their throats or, uh, you know, so that they can't yell and scream. How are we going to cut their throats if they're tripped? This would be very awkward. Like midair with this upper throat. Well, see if you can circle back around behind them. We could take them prisoner and use them as bait in case other guards, uh, other real army, come after us. They're all they're all destined to shoot us anyway. So that's we we can't get to that point. If we've got a whole regiment of people, we're doomed. There's not even any point in fighting. But if we can, if you guys can sneak around behind them, maybe I'll step out. I'll let them see me. I'll confront them and you come up behind them and cut their throats. Well, that's what I was saying. If we can get to the side of the the outcropping where they'll be coming in and have somebody stay in camp, they'll have their focus on the person in the camp as they're coming around. But I think we're our time we're talking too much. I think yeah, <laughs> we don't have much time to think this through. Gentlemen, gentlemen, there's an easier solution. These are militia. You don't have to pay to be soldiers. Let's just pay them off. Plenty of cash. He has a point there. These, these men aren't looking for a fight. You don't know how loyal they are, though. Money money breaks most loyalties. All right. All right. I have a simpler solution that combines these plans. I'll offer them money. I'll give you my knife. And at worst, you circle around and take them out 
as I attempt to bribe them. If they if they refuse, you cut their throat. If they accept. Well, we don't have much time to talk about this, Albert, but you do realize they can just kill you and take your money. Uh, I mean, we're, we're dead regardless. They are approaching very close now as you are right. debating. I believe the time for slapping a horse's ass is off the table at this point. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get by the outcropping. Okay. I'll sneak in position and be ready to cut his throat as right. best I can. Okay. And I'm I'm going to be the distraction. Okay. Um, so as I see them approaching, I'm going to as, as if I see Jeremiah and Albert getting sort of into position, uh, I'm going to stand up and I'm going to step out and I'm going to say, Gentlemen, don't shoot. Well, that happens. And they level their muskets at you and say, Halt, halt. And Same. one drops down to his knees and the other steps back and scans the, the area around you. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. We're just out here hunting. Friend or foe? Depends on who you are. If you're... It's hard to see in the dark here. Are you a uh, uh, are you a uh, member of the uh, I don't know what they would call it at this point the United States of America? Mm. The revolutionary. The revolutionaries, probably. Are you are you redcoats? <laughs> they laugh. Do our coats look red to you? Ah, like I say, I'm a little colorblind in the dark here. If you're not redcoats, then we're fine. Who, uh, Harwood, no, Albert, make a listen roll, please. You're muted. Really hard success. A really hard success? Yep. Okay, Jeremiah as well. Hey. Extreme success. You both, Harwood, you are focused on what's going on, moving into whatever position you're moving into. The other two, you both turn around because you hear the most deep, snarling growl from the darkness opposite to where these fellows are standing, like the other side of your encampment area. You hear this, it is a horrible noise. It is, it's something like a, a bear and a cat noise all at once combined. Wait, does Horatio hear this too? Or is it just us? He's bantering back and forth with the soldiers while this happens. I'm, it's not right beside you, it's behind you, but it's, it's definitely deep and rumbling and growling and snarling all at once. Uh how close am I to the, uh, to the soldiers? Like, after, like when I'm hearing this. Okay. You're a good 30 feet away. Other, the horses are between you and them. How, how, how long would it take to, to go 30 feet? Like pretty quickly. Fairly quick. If you're scared. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, not like running frantically at them, but I mean, like, 
Are you going to do that? Eh, it seems like something Albert would do. I mean, he's a rich, uh, rich merchant. He's not exactly a war like a warrior. So he's just going to kind of like quickly start moving towards the ambassador. Um, they they yell halt as soon as you start moving. Ah, ah, men. I'm with this. One fires. <laughs> Shot goes past you. He drops back. All right. I. So I assume I, my pistol's not loaded, right? Obviously. No, I thought you loaded it earlier. I thought you loaded it, oh, yeah. I did, I did. okay. I, you're right. So I'm just going to take a shot at, one, at the one um, who still has a loaded gun. Go for it. <clears throat> and I'm going to dive for the ankles of the other one and see if I can knock him. Oh, I made it. 43 or 50. 50? Okay. Yeah, my, my, my handgun still pretty high. Oh, I see. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Damage time. How far? Just you just informed everybody within three miles that we're out here by firing your pistol. Well, he's already fired the gun, so. It's been... All right. What's the damage on the flintlock pistol? That's. A little... uh, I, I wrote it down. Uh, That's okay. Oh, uh, you got it. One one d six. Good hit. You hit him in the shoulder. You knock his arm back. And uh, I'm assuming you're aiming at the one that shot at you. No, no, um, no. I'm aiming at the guy who doesn't. Who, who's the guy oh, the, the other one. Okay. Well, I guess the one that shot at you was the one kneeling on the ground. So the other one's a larger target anyways. All right. You hit the other one in the shoulder. So his, his rifle musket goes out of his hands on the ground. The other fellow is dropping back, trying to load frantically. So he can't. He's trying to reload right now. You're all focused. Now, Jeremiah, while all this is happening young Albert's running and shooting and screaming and yelling and Harwood's standing off to the side in the shadows a bit and Horatio's chatting away. What are you doing? I'm going to make a run for the fellow that uh, is trying to reload. Okay. Harwood, what are you doing? At this point, I'm going to come out because I was hiding because I thought they were going to be drawn into the camp. So mm -hmm. I'm going to start walking, you know, jogging out towards uh, the combat. Okay. To your direction, you see running towards you a seven-foot-tall thing. This is, it's like a man in a suit. You don't, it, it doesn't look, it, your brain can't comprehend what you're seeing because you have seen bears, you have seen cats, you have seen wildcats and lynx and bobcats this is standing on the hind legs standing on hind legs a man shaped creature that looks like a combination of those creatures those animals and it is um, stalking behind jeremiah and now it's looking towards you a sanity check i would assume sanity check please all right uh, 94. You don't normally see these crazy monsters? God. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with you? Living in the city or something? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, that's not a, not a great role, is it? Nope. All right. Well, you definitely um, lose sanity on that. How much? 
four. Four? four? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, at this point, I kind of just froze up. I stopped dead in my tracks, and I'm looking at it. Because, you know, I'm, I'm like, in, I guess, in shock. Yep. All right. One, two, three, four. Uh, it's looking at you, but it's still moving towards Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you can hear a noise behind you because you hear this gurgling, growling kind of noise. And this, I would assume that even though you're moving towards the guy on the ground, you turn your head and you see also something shambling towards you in the semi-darkness. And it's big and hairy. I mean, I obviously let out like a good God, what is that? You know, yes. audio that's what surprises you. Yes. Uh, but that's, sorry, that's what alerts Jeremiah to what's coming behind you. And Jeremiah, you can't quite see it because of where you're located, but it's big. And you, you've seen bears in like traveling circuses, perhaps, but it's big. I I continue to run towards the guy who is trying to reload his rifle. All right. Tackle him with my knife unsheathed. All right. You're still attacking. Well, make a roll for it then because it, it just catches you. It's just out of the corner of your eye. You see this and you're still moving, so it's not going to stop you. You haven't got a full view of it yet. I sent you a message, Sean. I was about to say oh, that okay. to you. That is a that was a uh, for the for the fighting. That's a brawl. Is that correct? Or, yes, uh, that's right. the knife. That's the brawl. Okay, fighting brawl. Twenty-five. You muted yourself. Uh, that was a success. Twenty-five. Twenty-five. Okay. Roll your, you're, you're brawling him for so it's a brawl attack with a knife. Are you rolling the brawl first, or you're rolling a knife attack? I'm sorry, I was missing. It was the it was the knife attack. Okay, you're just using brawl for the attack. Okay, mm -hmm. uh, what's the damage on the knife? There it is. One d three plus a one d four damage bonus. Yep. Okay. Uh, definitely, um, he's dropped his, his firearm as well in mid, uh, reload and he's on the ground and now you're scuffling with this guy. You've got a knife stuck in. The, the damage was four total. Yep. Okay. Um, I, on Horatio rather, what are you doing? Um, well, I was in the middle of trying to distract them when suddenly all hell broke loose. Apparently. Yes. Um, whichever soldier I was talking to right in front of me. Yes. Uh, I, I just pull out my pistol, point it at him and shoot. All right. Point blank, I would assume are fairly pretty much. Blank. Yeah. Yeah. I don't see the creature or anything like that coming. Not yet. You're too close to the other action. Right. Huh, 009. All right, doubles tonight. All right. That is a dead on hit. Double damage. Did we did six damage total? Yeah, he's on his back. He's not getting up. 
I did five damage. So. Okay. So 11. Mm-hmm. Plus the previous. Okay. Well, probably uh, his head. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's not getting up again. Uh, now, new round. Harwood. I would say the initial shock is wore off. You see this creature. And now that you see it, it's not a man in a suit. It's not a skinny, wet bear. It is definitely something you've never seen before. Something you legends you may have heard of in your travels of some peoples you just wouldn't believe what they said in the past. This is a creature that is not human. It is something evil and teeth and spittle and giant eyes. It's a creature of the night and it is now, it is heading towards one of them. I'm not going to say which one. I'm going to prepare my hammer to throw it, but but first I'm going to yell out something in native. I'm going to say, uh, Anita Oneka and see if there's any reaction. It pauses, looks right at you, raises a hand towards you, palm of a hand, Mm -hmm. and then continues running towards them. It is going... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I'll just step back and, and see what happens. Albert, it is trying to attack you. Sorry, you're the lucky, lucky recipient. Well, it doesn't quite get to you. you you're rolling and twisting, and it, it, it dives towards you, and it swipes its, its hand at you, and you feel the clothing on your back tear, but it doesn't have contact with you. And it, it moves, it dives on forward. It actually steps on one of the soldiers that are on the ground not moving. It steps on one and dives past it, turns around. Now, Tom, you can see it. Sorry, Horatio. Uh, you see this giant creature. It's like a big bear-like creature, but it's too thin to be a bear. It's like in between a bear and a man and a cat. It's the best you can describe it. I just did a sanity roll and I failed miserably. I got 93. Oh, well, that's not a good roll either. <laughs> All right. So you're, I would assume you are uh, either fleeing briefly or stricken. Well, how much damage, how much sanity damage? Yes, I'm going to do that now. Two. Oddly enough, two. But yeah, I, I honestly, at this point, I don't know these people. I'm just going to run for... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I don't know to any of you. <laughs> I'm running. All right. You're running. Jeremiah. Sorry, I lost track. I said, what are you going to do? And then I kind of vanished. That's, that's where we lost it, yeah. I am going to, well, first, I turn around. I see Mr. Horatio has decided to turn tail and run. Yes, so you I, have. I there believe. He has. I believe that I too will follow suit and run. In the same direction he is going? In the same direction he's going, yes. Okay, excellent. Uh, Albert, you've had an attack made at you and nothing, and it wasn't successful. Um, just briefly, what is your plan now? You have one totally incapacitated soldier, one that has been wounded severely, uh, but is not dead, 
and something brushed past you rather large and furry. Well, my clothing got ripped, so at this point, I know it's not just furry and large. Like, it, you know, something, something definitely came after me. So I'm just gonna kind of like scream, and you book it, like what uh, whatever. <laughs> You're gonna book it too, okay? Yeah. So what, like whatever direction I was already facing is the direction I'm just going. All right. So you're going the opposite direction of the others. All right. Um, and which Harwood, is back to the snowstorm. <laughs> yeah. Right back to the snow farm. I mean, like, Har- I, I, I can't really like see where they're going, right? Like, I can't right. See it's no, it's it's panic, and nobody can see where anyone. Else. I mean, Jeremiah was able to see Horatio taking off, so he just fled that way. Yeah. So I'm just gonna flee that direction that I'm going, and then I'll figure out what to do next later. All right, Harwood. Um, before I proceed with the the villains work. What do you What are you uh, doing? Do I still have eyes on the creature? Oh yes, you do. I I'm gonna roll. I'm gonna run at it with the hammer. Oh, double zero. Oh, <laughs> that's not a good roll. <laughs> All right. Not the hammer back there. <laughs> it got. Let's say you were in all the confusion, you were running and the hammer got hooked on like the bridle of the horse as the horses are panicking and it, it, it got hooked and you got pulled right off your feet because you won't let go of that hammer. And you went flying in the air and landed on your back, on your butt, on the floor beneath a angry, frightened horse. Oh, God. All right. It is now the creature's turn. The soldiers aren't doing anything. They're moaning and trying. One's trying to get away. Uh, Albert, I, did you pull your knife out? of? I would assume you pull your knife out of the person you stabbed. Yeah, I pull out my knife. Oh, All right, the, the creature is uh, actually now heading towards Albert because you, in moving in the opposite, moving the direction you were facing, you moved in the direction of the creature, not, knowing, not knowingly. And it did take a swipe at you again. Same roll didn't quite it hit the top of your hat knocked your hat off and maybe scraped the top of your head with no real damage but it did take a swipe at you again and now it's turning to face you and uh yeah you're right in close proximity to it right now so wait wait, wait. so it's like right in front of me yeah well you you ran in one direction and essentially ran right past it and as you're running past it swiped at your head and missed your head but took your hat off and scraped your head with no actual damage. Okay. Have I seen it or is it just keep does it just keep swiping me and I just like I'm like Oh, you see it now, that's true. Make a sanity roll. Good call. You silently made it? Excellent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's okay. I got the nod. All right. Uh, I, got a, I got a seven, sorry. Well you still take Still take a sanity point because first yeah. time you've seen this kind of thing. All right. I'm dealing with it pretty well, I would say. Uh, you're, yeah, you're dealing with it fairly well. However, the fellow on the ground with a knife in him is not dealing with it well. He's screaming and screaming because he's not got a knife. Major knife wounds, but he's dead, and this large creature is standing above him, essentially straddling his head. All right. Now, next turn. Horatio, you're still running? Mm-hmm. Jeremiah, you're still running? Oh, you know it. 
and I can hear Jeremiah behind me, and it's scaring the fuck out of me. So I'm like running twice as fast as I could because it's like right behind me. <laughs> and I see him running faster, so I think he sees something that I don't. So I'm running faster. <laughs> All right, Harwood, you're on your butt well, <laughs> on the ground. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, and now is the time you hear a hoop from above. From partway up a, up a tree, Daniel Green comes flying down towards the creature. He succeeds in grappling with it and stabbing it with a knife. Does, does, stabs at the neck and does a, a, the creature's yells and sounds coming out of it are not human, but with human vocal cords making the noises. And he has latched onto the back of the creature with his knife stabbing at it. Okay, and they're still right in front of me, right? Or like right next they're to me? Right, yeah, you've, you've run past and turned around or if you want, yes. Yeah, so I still have my knife in my other hand. Yes. So I'm just gonna like start going for the stabbing too then. He's like well, like make, realize make a roll. Yep. This is under fighting ball, right? Yes. You're muted. I failed that. All right, you just kind of slip and trip and in the muck and stuff, and you don't quite make it. Okay, go ahead and uh, make uh, Harwood. You're up now. You can make an attack, as you uh, said. Thirteen out of seventy. It's an extreme. All right, that is you absolutely contact. You make contact. Uh, is that uh, as you just yeah, so that would be 1d6 plus 2 plus damage bonus. Yep, that's right. Four, uh, four plus two, six plus 1d4, so six plus two, eight, and then I don't know if that's double for extreme or not. That's a square on hit. Is it just a weapon? That's I don't think damage bonus doubles, I think it's just a weapon, yeah. It's just the weapon. So, so it'll be 12, 14. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> it's so four. you guys don't see any of this. You guys, Horatio and Jeremiah, you're, are you still running? You hear a lot of yelling and, okay. <laughs> I look over at him. He looks over at me. <laughs> All the way to Canada, even though you're heading <laughs> to New York City. <laughs> oh, Canada. <laughs> You're going to write that before it even gets written. All right. So now the creature creature is howling. He's got somebody attacking. This creature sucks. And all right. Creature has now taken a little more damage. The creature doesn't look so great right now. But uh, you notice Daniel sort of hanging on by one hand. He's no longer fully grappling. Uh, Albert, he's sort of, you'd almost say dangling. He's, he's not doing so well. So uh, you can have another go if you want or something else. By that, I mean run. It's up to you. Uh, if, so I, I look at the creature after he hits it with a hammer, and I, and I can like visibly see that it's not in very good shape, right? Uh, I, 
I didn't. It, it's howling because of the the wound that it's taken to date. You you didn't. You're not. It's too much con, convoluted action happening right now. You just know the creature's still up and moving. Um, Daniel's hanging by one hand, and the creature is just you know hanging in there. Okay. I mean, I'm still like pretty pissed, so I, I'm just gonna go for another swipe. Sure. Go for it. Once I get to drop my dice. All right, fighting brawl. Right. I made it. 48 out of 55. All right. Roll your damage. Um, and a knife is a 1d3. Wait, no. What is a knife? I don't have a knife. It's 1d3 it's one, it's one plus well, two. Is it? How big of a knife is it? It's like a boy knife? It's a hunting knife. Uh, one d four plus two oh. plus damage bonus. Okay. One d four plus what? Plus two, two. plus damage bonus. Plus damage bonus. You're muted, or you're just be muted. Not- can you, can you hear me? I should do yep, that. Yep. Okay, I, I roll a four. Okay. So that's six. Plus two is six. Yep. Okay. All right, the creature howls in pain. And uh, you can see that there's another uh, bit of action happening on top of them. Oh, that is definitely another slash to the throat by Daniel, and the creature is on its knees. But Daniel has fallen off the back of the creature now. Harwood. All right. 17. It's uh, hard. Wow. Okay. So it's D6. Uh, three plus two is five plus damage bonus of four. Nine points. Wow. All right. Okay, you see Harwood take a swing. He's on the other side of the creature right now. Creature's on its knees howling and bleeding out from its throat. Uh, it gets to attack. It's going to try to take a swing at you, but it's actually it does connect with a swing there. It's not a very strong attack because it's weakened. Uh, you take four points, Albert. Took four. You took four. Yep. Does that mean? Uh, does that do anything to me? Like, are there any, no major wound or anything, right? It's it's more of a buff, like a buffeting hit. Like it didn't really get its claws. Yeah. Okay. It's swinging its arm at you. You take four mainly from the impact and from hitting rocks, perhaps. Okay. Oh. I'm. S- I have to send you a private message, Albert. Alrighty.
Okay. Horatio, Jeremiah, you're still running? <laughs> well, we're probably looking over our shoulders when we slow down. We can't keep running yet. But if if there's nothing chasing after us. No, there's nothing. You can hear a lot of the combat. It seems to be lessening. Uh, there's still some howls and growls and yelling, but uh, it seems to be dying down. I don't know whether we should uh, just continue on to the barge and uh, wait for the others. Uh, of course, they could all be dead now, and we've got that uh, whatever the hell it was chasing after us. We have one hell of a head start on the whole group of them. How much yeah. further is it to the barge? Was it half a day from uh, where we were? That's still a pretty good amount. And they got the cart and the horses. Well, let's do what we can. Let's just keep going. This is all over. We'll get a house together somewhere in uh, Bristol. And we could have some French fries and gravy. Poutine. <laughs> I, I would make a joke about that actually being a great thing, but or not a terrible thing, but I actually made it for my kids not too long ago. <laughs> well, as a sidebar, I know that when we go to Florida next week, that now they serve poutine at Disney World. I heard that. <laughs> it was on the national news here. Uh, really? <laughs> I can't wait to try it. It sounds delicious. All right. Okay. So, so Jeremiah, Jeremiah and Horatio, so you guys are stopping. You know, you're just going to deviate and head back, or you're going to head towards the direction we were going for the barge and just walk, or what do you, what's your plan? I, I think we we're going to keep going towards the barge just at a little slower pace. Right. We have to go back the way you came, though, because the, the, the roadway actually. Oh. It, the roadway heads northeast and you headed east. Okay. Away from the camp, you would actually okay. have to. Well, then I'm. We're going to turn and go north, because eventually we'll uh, we'll run into the road, won't we? Eventually, yes. Okay. So you're you're just walking with the, your clothes on your back and your weapons, and you're heading north at night. Okay. Uh, Harwood. Um, I will say your plan. So we don't have to role play all of this. I'll just say you don't make it. <laughs> all right. No, sorry, not you. Oh, Horatio and Jeremiah, um, you're you are walking through the woods that evening. You're getting more and more tired. You hear noises eventually behind you of soldiers in the distance, and you run. You're trying to get away, and you tire, you tire because you're, you've hardly slept and you're tiring and you're just wearing down and wearing down. And one of you decides eventually, I'm going to have to stop, you go on, I'll catch up with you, just keep going north. Nope, they never catch up with you, keep going north and you keep going, you're slogging as the sun rises in the morning. And then you hear a noise behind you. And I'll say it's you, Horatio, you turn around, you're exhausted and tired and you look behind you and you see a large six foot tall man with a, a bloodied hammer in his hands. 
and he comes at you and that's the end of the game. I like you guys, but I love England. America, you mean. <laughs> America. Oh, so <laughs> you're a traitor. <laughs> Bump on the head. Wait, wait, so your character was really an American? Well, you were all Americans. We're all Americans. Se. Well, so but, but Harwood was a Harwood was a double agent. Oh, Harwood, you fucker. <laughs> all right. Sorry, guys. Uh, uh, <sighs> you guys, the, the creature was defeated. So in a way, you all worked together, and you did actually result in the the main the main weapon of the rebel forces to prevent uh, loyalists from reaching Canada being destroyed. The creature was an ancient Iroquois man who had harnessed elder powers that his, his family had passed on from generation to generation. And the main power he just, he had had a, to a, about himself was shape changing uh, and the hunt. So, so wait, did, did, did Jeremiah get away? No, Jeremiah, I rolled a die. He was the one who got tired and, and had to sit and told you to go ahead and he'd catch up. He was the uh, first to go. Harwood caught him sleeping and took him out. And I was, and was already. Yep. So that's it. Uh, Harwood's the only survivor. We broke bread, Harwood. Sorry, guys. Bread. He broke you. <laughs> he broke head. He broke our head. <laughs> that was Harwood, not me. Yes. So, no hard feelings. <laughs> our players included Jason Melnichok. Uh, John Byram, Nicholas King, and myself with Sean Little as a keeper in the secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck. Good gaming. <laughs>